tonight when I was kind of asking for prayer requests and we were kind of going around the room tonight, one of the things that I felt like the Lord was highlighting to me uh, is when Debbie was talking, she was talking about how the Lord, after the loss of her husband, you know, had really revealed himself as husband, right? Well, I don't know if you've ever done studies on like the names of God, you know, and there's just, there's so many names of God and, 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 and just the old Testament, you know, and there's so many attributes of who Jesus is, right? I mean, he's a redeemer, you know, he's a deliverer, he's a savior, he's a healer, he's a provider, he's a husband, he's a peace, he's peace, right? He's all the fruit of the, sto- the, the spirit. He's a burden bearer. He's a lifter of your head. He's a present help in a time of need. He's a teacher. He's a, I mean, you know, there's so many different aspects and, and facets of who God is. Uh, and, you know, I always say this to people. I say, and one of the things we go through Emerge and do too, is we kind of start to unpack the unique flavor of glory that has been hidden inside of you. Uh, there's a great scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, 17, 18, 19, as it kind of goes through there, and it talks about how, uh, you know, the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, and we would know the hope of our calling, and what is the riches of his glory, right, of the inheritance that is in the saints. And it's this picture of this glory that is in, God's glory is in the saints. God's glory is in the saints. God's glory is in people. God's glory is in hum, the human race. And, um, he, um, I, I really believe that the glory of God is so multicolored, <laughs> you know, it's like when you see a picture in, in revelation of his, of Jesus on the throne and it's like, he's sitting on this throne that is like a jewel and there's a rainbow around his head and it's just a picture of glory. Uh, and I've also thought about. Moses, I'm just going to talk about the glory for a minute and how Moses was like, show me your glory. And God was like, I'll show you my goodness, right? My, let my goodness pass before you and how goodness and glory. So our, the goodness of God is in you, the glory and the good, the good of God, a revelation of how good God is, is inside of every single person on the planet, whether they know the Lord or not yet, whether they've had the honor of meeting who their daddy is yet or if they're just living like an orphan and like an unreconciled person, whether they know it or not, the Lord has hidden that inside of them and reconciled them to himself. And But there is a beautiful stream of glory. There's a, a color of glory. There's a flavor of his glory. Uh, there's a, a just a, an incredible revelation of God's goodness inside of every single person. And in here, you know, and... I think part of Emerge is helping you discover the characteristics of God, the attributes of his personality and his goodness and his nature that you specifically are called to reveal, like through your transfiguration, through you, the flesh of your life being peeled back and the glory of God being seen in you. What specific characteristics are, is that? I mean, I know like when Rachel went through emerge the word that kind of came out of her and it was a massive discovery process. I mean, she didn't start out with this. I mean, it was just a, a discovery process with the Lord, but it was a word that is just incredible. It's an incredible word and it's splendor. What an incredible glory word. Like you carry the splendor of God. 
you're just like, man, you could spend the rest of your life just unpacking that one word. It's like when Becky was like this word muse, I don't even know that. I mean, I, please don't act like that was it because it wasn't. It was such a not even a scratch. You know, if you were trying to scratch the number off of your your Kohl's discount. Right, I was scratching that thing off the other day. Come on, give me 30, give me 30, give me 30 off. You know, I only got 15, but it's all right. I love those things. But it's like, you know, I didn't even scratch a little of the percent off of that. But I'm saying that because when I went around the room tonight and I was listening to the needs of people and where you are in your life and the season that God's bringing you into, and I said this the other night too, and I feel like God's weaving this in, that, you know, Graham Cook said uh, something to the effect of there is a revelation of God in your circumstances right now that if you were not in these particular circumstances, the depth of that revelation you would miss. You wouldn't have access to this version of God, to this attribute of God's glory, to this manifestation of his being, of his personhood, of who he actually is. Not a theory, not a theory, an actual being that is actually that. And so I love how Graham describes that. I I love, I love the ministry of Graham in general, but I love the way he he switches it up. You know, I like that. I like it when our minds get, because sh- really all we need is a perspective shift. I really believe that we can go through anything. I believe this with all my heart. I believe that we can go through any fire, any valley, any trial, any test. There is nothing that we can't go through if we know the context. If we know what God is doing, if we know who he is for us in it, if we, we're kind of like, that's the cat that ate the canary. Oh my goodness. That's what Amy, Amy is so prophetic. She doesn't even know it. Somebody needs to get her and get her back in here. I'm just saying she's so incredibly prophetic. She's incredibly prophetic. And that cat that ate the canary is the person it is the person that knows what God is doing. It's the, it's the, if, if the enemy would have known, he wouldn't have crucified Jesus, right? But Jesus was the cap that ate the canary. He knew what the father was doing. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured some things because truthfully, I mean, I can't even, I mean, when you get a revelation, I think sometimes, and we get a real revelation of what Jesus actually accomplished on the cross, where there was an incredible, the entire cosmos was just absorbed and reborn. And now he's in all things and preeminent one. I mean, just this incredible recreation of all of humanity and, and, and the way, basically everything that separated the father, you know, he, now everyone's reconciled. I mean, just this incredible thing. It is not hard for me to imagine that Jesus literally was joyful because I think he had a revelation of what was actually going to be happening. You know, and, but the, my point back to this is when we were going around the room, it's like I was hearing God just, just briefly in, in a minute be like, I'm this right now for them. I'm this right now. And I felt like my job tonight was to awaken you to who he is for you this minute. 
and who he is for you in the next minute and the next minute and the next minute and the next minute and the next minute. Cause there are some serious trials going on in this room. Not everybody shared them. Um, I'm privy to some of them because I get the honor of praying with people and things, but I mean, they're serious. They're very, very serious things. Uh, some of it is demonic. Some of it is brokenness. Some of it is just attacks. Some of it is life circumstances. There's all kinds of things going on. And, um, I just had a whole revelation about the cat and the canary. It was so good, Amy, as you're so prophetic on accident, you don't even know it. I love that about her. But it was this, and I'll share it just to say, it was this whole concept that whatever we're going through right this minute, whatever circumstances we're going are, are in our in our lives right this minute, there is a revelation of God in these circumstances that if you were not in these circumstances, you would not get access to this revelation and you would not get the manifestation of God in that person because you wouldn't even know that it was available, honestly. So I'm not saying the circumstances are good. I'm saying that God's working them together for good because he is not going to allow the darkness. Are you kidding me? (laughs) He doesn't fight darkness. He does not fight darkness. He laughs at darkness. He doesn't even acknowledge it because it's not in his presence. If you're light, you don't, I don't even know if you see it. You hear about it. Yeah. And so what I was saying was, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks is that there is a knowing, okay? That's the thing. I, the Lord tonight is like, okay, I am for you in this. First of all, I'm for you. Like you need to really, really get that I am so for you in this. I'm not hiding from you. I am not. I get it. Your mindsets have me a little hidden. You're maybe alienated in your mind, but I'm right here. I'm in every breath. I'm in every thought. I'm in every emotion. I feel it with you. I sense it with you. You're not only are you not alone in it. I'm not just sitting beside you. I'm sitting in you in it. I'm experiencing it as you. Everything that you are going through, I am going through. You are not alone in whatever it is that you are going through. I mean, I don't care what is, I don't care how it's coming, how the demonic is playing out, whatever is going on in your life. I mean, you cannot live separated from God except in our own mind. I mean, he is in it, but I see that he's not just in it with you and he's not just in it for you, but he is like, it's like if he could shake you, here I am, here I am, here I am, here I am. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who do you know? Who am I? Who am I to you right now? What do you need me to be? What do you need me to be? What do and you, you know, what do you need me to be? And I'll tell you, he's been being for me something. It's been several years now. And he's so good at being it. And I so don't deserve it. It is so not a work of my righteousness. It is not because I think everything right and I say everything right. I am so undeserving of him coming and being this for me. But that's what he likes about it. That's actually his favorite part. His favorite part is that he gets to do it apart from my goodness. 
that he gets to be himself and, and love me until maybe someday I wake up and get it for me myself. It is so powerful. It is so, there's such a powerful revelation of God right in front of your face. Right in front of your face. Right in front of you. And, and some of you that are not in those desperate places, I mean, you know, I, people laugh. They're like, you know, Shalisha, just your life is so intense, you know. And I'm like, I'm an apostle. It's supposed to be that way. Read the Bible. <laughs> Read the Bible from trials and shipwrecks, and, you know. I mean, I mean, at least I'm not in jail, right? Or I'm like, my trials are so, you know, white people, America, you know, but to white people, America, they're intense, you know, <laughs> super intense, <laughs> but I don't know that I'd, I don't know that I'd survive in other trials. <laughs> so thank goodness. These are the ones that I get to stand up against. Um, oh, but there's a purpose in these things for me too, because mine is. Ooh, I got a lot of things to do and I got to stand through this stuff because I am not going to be denied. I'm going to do everything that's on my heart because it's on his heart and woo, woo, he has to reveal himself to this, to me. Like, I don't have a choice, but I got to get it. I got to get it. Like he, this is a real revelation. It's not a theory revelation. It's not just a Bible verse. It's not just a sermon that we heard 10,000 times, but yet has it manifested in your own life. No. It is an actual living, breathing person who is who he says he is all by himself, all by himself, just able to do it just because he is. He actually is that. And you know what, little girl, you're going to believe it and you're going to know it. And it's not going to be because you deserve it. It's going to be because that's who I am, whether you like it or not. And I love you that much, whether you can receive it or not. And I'm going to just keep on doing it because I, you know, he's just, he's just that. And it is, it's crazy when you're in it. I get it. I get that it's intense. I get that you would love to just have all of these circumstances to go away and you just like to get out of it and you just like to be in hunky dory land, you know, which doesn't exist by the way. There is no hunky dory land until you're dead. Hunky dory land comes when we die. All right. So we need to just quit looking for hunky-dory land and recognize that we're married to Mr. Hunky-dory. Right? <laughs> and just realize that you, I mean, I get it. I get it because emotions are real. I'm so not, I mean, trust me, I get it. Anxiety is real. Depression is real. Uh, overwhelming thoughts and, and all of that stuff. Demonic crap. It is real. The enemy can't stand us. And he is after you. He is after me. He is after the goodness of God never getting displayed. You know, we will strip him. I plan to absolutely take everything that he has stolen back. I am dangerous. I'm very aware. I'm very aware. I forget sometimes. But then I, then he reminds me because he comes after me. And I'm just like, you know, you're just helping me remember who I am. You're just helping me. Because I can't deal with this naturally. I don't have a choice except to go to Mr. Hunky Dory. I'm going to have to go. To, I'm going to have to hang out with Mr. Hunky Dory because I can't deal with this on my own. I am not capable of surviving this without Mr. Hunky Dory. 
So I got to go hang out with Mr. Hunky Dory because he makes everything hunky dory, even though it's not hunky dory. Isn't it? It's true. And I'm saying there's a specific. I mean, it's, it's like a one worder, right? Like he may be being multiple things to you, but I think he's kind of simple because he knows we're easily overwhelmed and how easy we forget. Oh my gosh. I mean, how often do you, you know, he'll tell you the same thing 50,000 times and when it's fiery and it's intense and you forgot the encounter you had yesterday, you know, I mean, you wake up and you're like, Oh, was that even real? Did that even really happen? Did I make that up? Or even if you remember it at all. Right. And, and so he's, I think he keeps it pretty simple. I think he's the original author of kiss, right? The keep it simple, stupid principle, because we just need it simple. We need it simple. (sighs) And I'm so thankful for the revelation I'm getting tonight for myself. That he's just being this for me. He's being this for you. Whatever this is. Does everybody in here getting it? Does everybody know what this is? I mean, just count me. Raise your hand if you know God is revealing himself as this to me right now. Okay? Okay, and if you don't know, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you don't know yet. Okay. Ooh, ooh, it's okay. It's okay if you do know, and it's okay if you don't know, because I'm on assignment tonight. I love that. I'm on assignment tonight. Like this, oh boy, the devil is so, he's mad. He's mad. Oh, I like making him mad. Yeah. I love it. I love it when he gets mad. I love it. Okay, so let's, let's think practically. Let's not even get too spiritual with it for a minute, okay? Let's just practically reason together. Okay. What, what's going on in your life right now that what would the opposite of that look like? Okay. What would the opposite of the trial that you're going through? And if there's multiple trials going on, let me guess. Let me tell you whether you realize it or not. They're all related. Okay. It's just the perfect storm. But in the middle of that storm, there's an eye and there's a thing, there's a target, there's a bullseye that that is, you know, that's what's right. That's the thing that Jesus is that stops it all. Is it peace? Is it provision? Is it uh, love? Is it, you know, if it's perfect love, cast out fear, is it uh, redeemer? Is it deliverer? Is it? The one who has all authority. Is it the one that, oh, Lord, help me. Just help me think of some other ones. Is it uh, husband? Is it grace, right? Grace. Is it just grace that you have grace to go through everything? Is it defender, right? Is it, is it, right, right, self-love. But it's, it's him, it's him, it's, it's what is he? Who is he? He is, he is, he's giving you permission to love yourself. He's lover. He's lover of your soul. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how to articulate that exactly for you, Chris. But yeah, you, and you, but it's sitting with it a minute and being like, who are you for me? Who do you need him to be? Perfect love. Who do you, you know, it's perfect. I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, who do we need you to be, Jesus, in this situation? 
you know, Graham's like little example talks about, you know, if you've got this, he kind of puts it in the framework of like the prophecy over your life. And I, I think there's merit in definitely doing that because everybody in this room, like Shelly, you know, uh, we were talking about, about this call that's on you. Every single person in here has a call, you know, and it's, but, you know, we have to be careful because it's, it's not just about the call of God. It's not just about the prophetic word over your destiny. It's about who you are as a human being. Because guess what? It's who you are as a human being that does a call. You know, and who cares if you got some call and you're just a horrible human being? I mean, that, that doesn't feel very Jesus-like. You know, he's interested in our, the way we're, our, our call should come out of a way of being. I mean, I love the story of Paul. You know, we, 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 because, I mean, he, Jesus did something to the man. <laughs> you know, I mean, he just, he did something to the man. He was on the road to Damascus. He did something to him, blinded the man. And then he just kept doing, and this man just, he, 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 he was totally transformed, you know, and he, through encounters with Jesus and just knowing God. My determined purpose is that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. And that I might so fellowship with his sufferings that I might be conformed to the image of his death. I mean, just popping like, dude, that is so crazy. Good. Like, it's so deep. I mean, I could just sit in that, that, that place in Philippians forever. I just sit there and I just go, I mean, that is it. Like, I mean, you just read that and you're just like, oh my God, that is the meaning of life right there. <laughs> like in one little, Two little sentences, uh, just my determined purpose is to know him. And then like in the Amplified, it's like to perceive the wonders of his person, to, to, to perceive, to comprehend, to understand the wonders of his person, you know, and the, oh, it's so glorious, right? And then, and then he's just like, and, and then in the same way that he's coming to know him, he wants to also know the power that is exerting itself over believers through the resurrection. Like there's this power that's coming from the resurrection and he wants to know it, perceive it. He wants to get intimate with it the same way he's wanting to know him. Now he's wanting to get into the resurrection and the, and, the, uh, and so and to be conformed to his suffering. We think, Oh God, just, you know, let me suffer for you. No, it's, he's talking about the cross. I want to show fellowship with the cross and what was accomplished there. And I want to climb into Jesus on the cross and be crucified with him to such a degree and such a, I want to know it. I want to perceive it. I want to understand it. It's so incredible. And this is Paul's, you know, like my determined purpose, not that I've yet attained it, this one thing I do, you know, forgetting those things that lie behind, right? I press towards the mark of the prize of the whole high calling, which is the conformity to Jesus, you know? And so why am I saying that? It's that Jesus did something to this man. This is the same guy that was totally the, you know, Pharisee of Pharisees. Jesus did something to Paul. It was a revelation of Jesus. He said, no man, no man taught me this gospel. Whoo! I was separated from my mother's womb and it pleased him to reveal Christ in me. There was this revealing of Christ in Paul to Paul, to Paul, a waking up of the, the new creation that was in Paul. Look at me. You know, it was crazy. And so I'm saying that is 
you, every person in this room is in a move of God, whether you're aware of it or not. I'm telling you, you are in the middle of a move of God. And it is not about the circumstances. I get that there's circumstances. I get it. Oh, I get it. And they're heavy and they're, in many cases, demonic and they're emotional and they're exhausting and they're painful in our bodies. If it's physical, it is real. I, I, and, and Jesus has compassion for what is real. He is not a deny it, fake it till you make it kind of God. I mean, I grew up in Word of Faith. I love Word of Faith. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm, dude, I can preach it. I can live it. I can speak it. I can, I get the power of our words. I get all of that. And I, every bit of it is true. But I can also say it's not the only side of the coin because there is another side of that coin that is the incarnation of Christ and it is the humanity of Christ and it is a high priest that is able to relate and it is not, he is, he is a real human being in the middle of the Trinity who, who, who relates and who feels and who gets it and who is filled with compassion still. Filled with compassion still. And he is compassionate about our human, our humanity. And we're always trying to escape it, which he, that's the thing he put on. He wasn't escaping it. God didn't escape it. God chose it. God chose humanity. He chose fallen humanity. He chose fallen flesh. He chose it. He chose to put it on and, and suffer for us. And, so I'm back to this thing of who is he? Who is he for you? In the midst of the circumstances, in the midst of the attack, in the midst of, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the lack, in the midst of whatever it is, in the midst of it, who is he, who is he really? Right? And here's the thing. You're not going to steal his opportunity to be this for you. You know, um, here's the thing. I, I, I don't, I just am hearing it. Uh, so I'll say it. He's taking you a certain way. Um, he's not causing. I mean, this isn't about he's taking you this way and all the, putting all this mess on you to teach you something. No, 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 no. The devil's trying to kill you. <laughs> he's trying to steal everything that is remotely good in our lives. He's after us. Okay, so that's not the issue. The issue is that he's just in the business of making an idiot out of the devil. He's in the business of showing him to be who he is. At the same time, he's in the business of showing himself to be who he is. He is, he is absolutely not intimidated by what you're going through. And there is all, he told me this last week. I kind of, it was interesting. I've been meditating a little bit. Um, and I, I got to meditate on that a little bit too, because maybe that's a part of who he's being in this season to me. But he, he kept saying, I am the way of escape. That's a revelation. You know, I don't even know that I've really tapped into that very much, but I am the way of escape. Like that's a pretty powerful person that has a way of escape in every single thing. 
no matter what you face, there's always a way of escape. I mean, that's pretty powerful. We know that to be true because they couldn't, couldn't crucify Jesus. You know, I mean, just walk through the crowds. I mean, that always amazed me how Jesus could just, they're going to stone him and he would just, like, did he become invisible? Did he like pass through them? Like kind of like a, I mean, I just, I think things like that. Like, how did that, how do you mean he just did that? You know, one point he's like on a cliff, like, you know, and you're, you're like, he's just, I noticed little things. Like one time he's in the boat and then all of a sudden he's like, and then, and, and immediately they were at the shoreline. And you're just like, Ooh, how did that happen? Like, did it just, I don't know, appear or something, you know? We were in the middle of the lake and then we're just, bam, we're here, you know? And I think so too, you know? It's so cool. Um, but there's little nuances of, of who he is even that we miss sometimes. Those are just to me like little nuances. Um, so I'm just asking tonight that it becomes for all of us very, very clear. Cause I knew when I first heard, I listened to this one teacher. I'm kind of bringing up Graham tonight, but I, I really have only listened honestly. I mean, I've listened to, you know, I've heard him speak and I think he'd done a couple soaking things, but not, not a ton. Really, I've only listened to one message, but I probably have listened to it a hundred times. Um, if you get, hang around me very much, you'll realize that God does something kind of interesting with me. He, he'll put me on a whole scripture for a year, you know, cause he taught me a long time ago. It's not so much this quantity thing is it is because the truth that you know, it's the truth, you know, right. That sets you free. It's not the truth you hear. It's not the, you know, it's not the repetition of whatever. But this one particular message, it was, I can't even get it anymore. It's called Radical Renewal. And it was this whole teaching around this particular topic of God being for you in a set of circumstances who he can only be for you in those circumstances. You know, if you're not sick, you don't need to know him as healer. You know, I mean, and then him talking about the prophecy piece of it. Like if you're, you know, if he, if you prophesied, if you're supposed to be a person of great courage, well then, but today you're just a wimp and you're full of fear, right? Well, then the process between where you are and what he's called you to be is not a deficiency. It's called development. And that development is what, you know, we're involved where that's what we're in the, we're in being, that's what's happening right now. So for example, Jim, it makes sense giving the prophecy that I prophesied over your life, that you're in this set of circumstances, even though naturally that seems like the, exactly what you wouldn't be. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like you would be in the opposite of that, given the prophecy. But, right, I mean, you know, it's like I heard Danny Silk one time say people actually think that he's, like, been this champion of relationships his whole life. Like, you know, like he's just had, he said relationships have been the hardest thing of my life. And this is Mr. Relationship. This is the guy whose whole entire deal is on the most healthy thing you've heard your whole life. You know what I mean? But yet it's been the biggest challenge of his life. Why? Because that's where the, I mean, like it's resistance. It's resistance, but the resistance is not designed to kill you. The resistance is designed to reveal you. 
It will reveal you. But it's not going to reveal you because you decided. It's going to be it's because Jesus is doing something to you. In it. In it. He's there in it. He's there in it. Mr. Hunky Dory. And so the question is, who is he in it? And so because you can't, I don't know, I don't feel like you can't drink of his goodness if you don't know what you're drinking. You know? Let's take a big gulp of provision. Take a big gulp of peace. Take a big gulp of freedom. <laughs> a big gulp of authority. A big gulp of just whatever it is that, that God is teaching you and God is for you in this season. Grace, whatever that is. And so, am I helping? Is this helping you? Is this helping? Is it helping? Yeah. 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 And um, what else, Lord? Just, uh, <laughs> I have this picture of, it's really interesting. I have a picture of a straw inside of Jesus. Like we're drinking from him. In it, we're drinking Jesus. And uh, I, I just feel like it's kind of this picture of, you know, if you're thirsty and there's a glass of water sitting right here in front of you or right here beside you and you're not drinking it, even though it's right there, and you're, but you're sitting there, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm so thirsty. Oh, I'm so thirsty. And you're just like, well, take a drink. Here, take, it's right there. Take a drink. You know, you know. I feel like that's a picture of turning and partaking and and receiving what is there you know and oh i love the lord just thinking about the break i just it's just for us it's just breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after i mean but let's be clear in between the breakthrough it's crisis after cri- i mean i could describe it that way it's just crisis after crisis after crisis but that's not what it is. It's breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after God's faithfulness. Show it. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. You know, and you'd think, you'd think in between crisis to crisis or breakthrough to breakthrough, you'd think at some point it evened out a little bit. Um, but I think for some of the strongholds in our lives, and some of the programming that we have been programmed with. I think some of these things run so deep. Uh, does that make sense? It just, they run so deep. It's, it, it, one encounter is not going to do it. One breakthrough is not going to do it. Um, because it's, you just, you've just lived with an opposing view of who he is or an opposing view of who you are for so long, it, it, it's, it's hard to believe, you know, and then you, you, you couple that with the idea that it is really hard to believe anyway, just because it's so good and there's nothing else on the planet like it. And so it's kind of, I always say it, it's kind of like, you know, how in the world we're taught, if it's too good to be true, it is not, and you don't trust things like that. I mean, 
you know, you don't trust things that are free. It's got a catch. I'm going to have to go see a timeshare, you know, on that vacation. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to sit through a seven hour presentation in order to get this good rate on this hotel. Everything's got a catch. You know, and so with God, there's no, but we've been programmed with that, just steeped in unbelief, just steeped in so much of that. So I think sometimes it takes a little longer to get out of the, whatever the, whatever it is that you're going through. Okay. It's like, you think, gosh, is this ever going to end? Like, let's get on with it already. Like I, I'm tired of being in this set of circumstances. I'm tired of the same trial and tribulation, this mountain going around it and around it and around it and around it. Um, but I just think it's just a switch of perspective makes all the difference. You know, it's not about getting out of whatever this is. It's not about everything outside of you changing so that you're okay. Because truthfully, you're not okay just because everything outside of you is okay. (laughs) Right? It doesn't mean you're okay. It just means you're in a a trigger-free situation at the moment. (laughs) Can I say that? It just means at the moment, you've got this false facade of peace. It looks like peace. It feels like peace. But if you get up, you know, test that thing for the authenticity of it or, you know, a little bit of a storm here, a little bit of storm here, that wasn't peace at all. The foundation of that thing was not established yet. Yet. And the things that God is building in our lives are not going to get to be built on a facade of fake peace or fake anything. Okay. He's not going to build it on fakeness. He's going to build it on authentic, authentic courage, (laughs) authentic boldness, authentic freedom, you know, an authentic personal, personal revelation, personal revelation, because that stuff that we're reading about with Paul, that's personal. That is a personal revelation of Jesus Christ that is unshakable. It's unshakable. It's unshakable. So a shift of focus, right, to the work that God is doing in our lives, which is renewing our minds, working out everything that hinders love, right? He is, he is, he is taking what is inauthentic and replacing it with what is rare. And I'll tell you what, beloved, that is a process and a journey and a life worth living. That is a life worth living. What God is doing to us is a life worth living. And if we have, if we can follow anything from 
the you know the apostolic voices that have gone before us and the mothers and the fathers in the faith is that and I get it it sounds cliche but it is a life worth living is found in him it's not found in this external okayness and it doesn't mean that we're not going to have a bunch of external okayness. Okay. It doesn't mean that when your foundation is solid, you know, that you're not going to, you're not going to have a platform. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have the, the wealth. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have, of course, the, whatever. If you, if, if, if a part of your call requires that you are famous, if that's just a part of for you to be what God's called you to be, that, that that's part, it's required of that. Well, it's going to come with it. But, but dude, you, you, that chick, whatever, it's just, you, there's not, life is not found in that. And we know this, we know this theoretically, but it's, it, it's not enough to know it theoretically. You know, life is found in this moment. Life is found right here in this moment. And it's the only moment we really have to surrender to him. And yes, I mean, I'm thinking about, I mean, there's been so many prophetic stuff over my life confirmed in so many different ways. And, you know, for years I found identity in that because I was an orphan, literally, not just a spiritual orphan, but a, a physical, I was an orphan and I wasn't necessarily anybody special. And, you know, it's like God picked you, you're special. You have this thing, this call, this amazing thing to do with your life. I don't know, you get older, you get wiser, you go through a bunch of healing. And life gets simple. Um, and, you know, is he going to do those things? Probably so. Um, it sounds like a lot of work now. Uh, it sounds exhausting to me, honestly. Um, but I know his grace is there to do it, so it's not like I'm dreading it or anything. It's just I don't need it. Um, what I, what I actually need is him. Um, and I know I said that before and I believed it because I, I, it's not, it's just different. There's, there's a, such a beautiful, there's a, there is another level for everyone in this room of, of him being enough. You know, I, and I really believe that he is not that we don't need other people, not that we don't need the body of Christ, all of that. I'm not, I'm not diminishing that, but I, I believe the foundation of our lives is absolutely him. And if we were on a desert Island and we didn't have another human being for the rest of our lives, you know, we really wouldn't be alone. You know, you hear that, well, what would you take with you if you got stranded on a desert Island? I mean, the truth is you would never be alone. We're not alone. We're not alone. We're not alone. We're not alone. And he is enough. I, I heard Heidi Baker say one time she had this vision of God and it was, I, I don't remember the whole thing, but it was something like, you know, don't turn any of the kids away. Like whatever, wherever you find the kids, like just bring them in, you know, and it was just overwhelming. Like, how do you bring them all in? There's, you know, like, there's not enough. And, you know, he just, he was like a picture of his body on the cross or something. There was, a, he was, and he was like giving her himself to eat. And he was like saying, I am enough. 
<clears throat> I am enough. And she's wrote a, wrote a book out of that revelation. But it's interesting because I've meditated on that a little bit or thought through that. And I remember one time I was, I, I believe God took it another step for me. And I believe he gave, because I used to have this saying when I was in the world, I was an idiot. Um, I mean, I probably still am, but I was really an idiot then. And, you know, I used to have this, I was a partier, like, you know, professional crazy partier. And I used to have this saying, like in high school, college, that was like, too much is never enough. And that's just a stupid saying when you're dealing with drugs, you know, it's just not really smart. Um, cause there is a point when too much is, yeah, too much. <laughs> yeah. But, um, for me, it was too much is never enough. And I, the revelation I felt like God gave me was, I'm not just enough. I'm too much. I'm too much. I mean, I, there, I don't have the capacity to receive all of it. It's too much, right? We have to have eternity. We've got to get, we got to leave the bodies. We got a whole lot of limitations we got to get rid of, but I mean, you know, we got to become one with it, you know, to receive it. <laughs> and we already are one with it. So it's just crazy, but there's a revelation that he's not just enough for you. I mean, I love the revelation that Heidi has and it's practical and she's living it out and it's her revelation and I am not diminishing it because I don't even know if I got it that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, she is a mother. Let me just get where she is and bring them all in. I mean, just kind of like what I feel like God's been doing with me. Bring them all in. Just, you know, it's different. I mean, I'm so called to the Western bride. The broken, impoverished, but look like they're good bride. And, but this is a revelation for the Western bride. <laughs> I mean, I guess over in there, you just need enough. But I apparently in America, we're already ex, we're people of excess. And, and he, there is this revelation that he's too much. So you don't have to worry that he doesn't have enough for you. It's too much for you. Whatever he's trying to reveal himself as to you right now, whatever that attribute is, you just need to know it's, he's got too much. It's not like he's scraping it together for you. And there's just enough for you. No, no, no. No, it's too much for one person. 